Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Uh, while you're turning, let me give you a little little brief uh, heads up and, and uh, reminder of where we were at last week. Uh, we, we found out that, that Timothy, young Timothy, uh, Paul's protege, he is, he is left in Ephesus to continue on what Paul had started. There were some struggles there. Uh, they had false teachers had come in and, uh, he was, he was left there to continue to help them teach sound doctrine. Uh, not to teach anything but what Paul taught while he was there. If you remember, say amen. amen. All right. So we have a young man, a young man with an older established congregation and, uh, he's having some difficulty. So this letter is sent to him to help encourage him and uh, give him some instruction. We said that the key verse was in uh, chapter number three and uh, I had it in your notes and I, I, I deleted it. Why did I delete it? All right, we'll read that when we sit down. Let's pray, let's read, uh, let's read about eight verses and then we'll let you sit down and then I'll go back into that. Y'all been standing a long time. All right, here we go. Chapter two, first Timothy two, verse one. If you're there, say amen. amen. I exhort therefore... I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? All men. And specifically for kings and for all that are in what? Authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men, how many? All men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself. He's the man. Amen. Well, I can't wait to get that point. I hope we get it to it tonight. Say amen right there. Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere or in every place. Every place the church meets together. Everywhere that men pray lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity, the privilege we have to come and study and, and, and just glean from your word and allow you to feed us tonight with the bread of life. Lord, I pray that you'll help us and encourage us. Let it be a, let it be an exciting lesson, an encouraging lesson, a challenging, convicting lesson. Uh, Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. There is so much bad news outside of these walls, so much animosity, uh, so much division and, and carrying on, Lord. I pray that we can take just a few minutes tonight. And Lord, just wash all that off of our hearts and our minds and, and, and allow you to just come in and, and, and soak us in your word. Lord, fill us with joy. Fill us with uh, confidence in who you are. God, give us faith and give us, Lord, what we stand in need of tonight. And Lord, we will thank you. We'll praise you. We'll give you all the glory for it. Lord, I ask you to control my mind, my thoughts, my words. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And God will thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Now, now let's go back to the review. 
Let's go back to the review, okay? Uh, we said the key, the key verse was in chapter 3 and verse number 15. So if you have your Bible open, uh, I, I had it in your notes, <laughs> printed at the top of your notes, but I had so many other notes to go in there, I had to take it off to make room for the other notes. So I figured we could just re- look over there real quick, okay? First Timothy three fifteen, 15, uh, Paul tells Timothy, if he, in other words, he's wanting to come see him, he's wanting to come be with him, wanting to come help him. But he said, if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to, everybody, that thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. So this letter is being sent to help them know how they should behave in the house of God, how they should treat each other, how they should be, their activity, their conduct, their behavior. So if that makes sense, say amen. Now, we're going to start into that really deeply here in this particular chapter. Now, last week, we kind of, we kind of got into it a little bit, but primarily last week was an introduction of who it was from, who it was to. Paul gave us testimony a little bit there, talked about the gospel and how great it is, and then he got into worshiping a little bit there. And, and, uh, and so we learned basically uh, uh, just the intro to it. Now we're fixing to start getting into the specifics of behavior. And in this particular section, in this particular section, he's primarily targeting men. Okay, he's primarily targeting men, and we know that because uh, sometimes when you see man or men, uh, it's in reference to mankind, but not here. Now you can apply it. I think I think women need to pray. Say amen. amen. Especially if you're connected to a husband, you need to pray a lot. Yes, pray for us. Pray for us. We need it. But seriously, he, this is something that can apply to both of us. We can both use this. I think every, all mankind needs to pray, but he's targeting, he's targeting the men in the, the assemblies. He's targeting the leaders in the assemblies. They have a responsibility. Men, whether you know it or not or believe it or not, God is going to hold us responsible for the spiritual leadership that we offer and we put in in our our assemblies of of church and our homes. Are y'all with me? Say, how do you know that's that's basically the target? Well, because in verse 9, he says, in like manner also that women, see, it changes. The subject changes. So there, from that verse on, he begins to target the ladies of the assembly. So the first half, the first half or section of this particular chapter, he's targeting the men and instructing the men. He's telling them how they need to. You got it. You got it. I thought y'all was going to say prayer. I'm so glad y'all got it. He's telling the men how they need to behave. Okay. So. And, and, and the primary thing he's using here, the primary part and subject of this, this particular section is prayer. Man, if there has ever been a day that the church needed some praying men, it's right now. Right now. If there's ever been a time that homes in America needed praying men, it's right now. I read, I read a, 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 a statistic. Somebody made a quote about the, the, the numbers and the percentages of men in prisons today. And the vast, great, great majority of men are coming from fatherless homes. There has been a, a huge step back from men in their responsibilities. And so he's saying, listen, let me talk to the men a little bit tonight. 
Now, like I said, ladies, this don't mean you can check out and this, uh, y'all need to pray too. Say amen. amen. But men, you need to take the lead. You need to be men, godly men who pray. All right. So let's jump right in here. Let's jump right in here. He gives, he gives several words that, that, that mean prayer and, and, you know, are synonymous to prayer. But but they all have different meanings. So let's look at them. And then we'll just do this as a kind of an intro to this particular lesson. He said, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Right? Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Now, we could say all of them mean the same thing. Well, he's just talking about praying. But let's look what, uh, let's look what Webster's Dictionary and the definition that he gives for each one. And we'll, we'll kind of see this. It's really a bigger deal than just getting down and praying, right? All right. Supplication. Read it with me. Supplication. Give me the definition. Petition, Say it again. Petition earnest, request. Petition, earnest request. In other words, I would say, I would say, could you, could you agree with me that that is, that is saying you're being real specific, real specific. In other words, you're not saying, and what I mean by that, you're not saying God save the loss. You're saying God save my brother, Henry. You see the difference? It's not God meet my needs. God, I need $372 to pay the power bill. That's right. You see the difference? Yes. Now, how many of y'all know that when you get more specific, you get more serious? Yes. Right? So, so this is, he's saying, listen, be specific. Have an earnest request. This is the kind of praying we need in the, in the, in the I can't tell, I, 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 and I, I'm, not, I'm not being critical because at least they did that. But I, I, I've been to so many uh, uh, churches and, 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 you know, when I was growing up, you, all the men would go into, into one area of the church and all the ladies would go in another area of the church, like 30 minutes for church. And, 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 and we'd pray. And basically what it ended up being is everybody would give a prayer request and one man would pray and then we'd go to church. And, and, and that's not really that's not really the deal. And this is what you are. Well, preacher, I, I just want to pray for the laws. That's not what God is saying here. God is saying we need to be specific. We need to be earnest about it. Are y'all with me? All right, now. Y'all starting to act like that first service Sunday morning. Hey, and by the way, second service showed out. So they made up for the first service. I'm a, they gonna, first service going to have to get with it. Amen. All right. So do we all understand supplications? We all good? Say amen. All right. Let's look at the next one. Prayers. Here's what, here's what Webster's Dictionary said. An, an address to God with what? Adoration. Adoration, expression of our sense of his. Now, what does that kind of sound like to you? Does that sound like worshiping? Yes. I mean, that sounds like you're getting in it, right? Uh, you're, you're, you're feeling, you're, you're understanding his glory and, and you're recognizing the goodness of God. And, 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 and man, you're feeling it. So when you pray, it needs to be an expression of worship. It doesn't need to always be, uh, Lord, I need you to get me this and get me that and get this, this and this and that, that. It needs to be, oh, God, thank you for what you done gave me. Thank you for the home you give me. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my family. Thank you, whatever. Say, well, I don't have none of those things. What do you have? Because whatever you got, he gave it to you. You came in this world naked and you're going to leave the same way. Whatever you have, he gave it to you. Are y'all with me? So there needs to be an element of, of adoration, an element of praise, an element of worship in your prayers. This is the kind of praying us men need to be doing in the house of God. Amen. Now look at the next one. 
Say it with me. Intercessions. Intercessions. Now we're going to see something really cool. We're going to see something really cool here in, in about point three or four. I think it's three. But anyway, it just, just keep that word in mind. All right. Intercessions is. There's like an, an echo. All right. Let's try it again. Prayer or solicitation to one party in favor of another. What does that mean? That means that we're going to God on behalf of someone else. Are y'all with me? That's an unselfish prayer. Now, now this doesn't, this doesn't discount as brother Doug taught us a couple weeks ago that we don't pray for ourselves. I think we do pray for ourselves without a, without a doubt. God wants us to bring our burdens, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. Cast thy cares upon him for he careth for you, right? So we pray for ourselves, but he is saying specifically here that we need to be in the habit of praying and interceding on someone else's behalf. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So can we all understand that verses one through eight is prayer in these, in these fashions right here, right? Don't forget the last one. I almost forgot it. Don't forget the last one. Thanks. Say it with me. Okay. I'll say thanks. And I know I did it wrong in the last one, but it's good. Thanks is. Now, the only way you can do that, the only way you can do that is if you're grateful. How many of y'all figured out by now you cannot manufacture gratitude? And God knows when we're thankful or not. So we need to, we need to really, we need to really get real with God. And start, you know, count our many blessings, name them one by one. Count our many blessings, see what God has done. Amen? All right, now let's jump into this outline. Prayer, all right? He's targeting the men in the congregation. Uh, the subject basically, you know, or the theme, I guess if you want to use a theme as a better word, Travis, the theme uh, is prayer, without a doubt. And, and so let's, let's take, uh, let's take uh, just a, a few minutes to look at about prayer. What does he want us to know about prayer between verses 1 through 8, all right? First, number one, he wants you to see the seriousness of prayer. The seriousness of prayer. Look at, look at, look at verse number 1. Verse number one, I exhort therefore that, what's the next three words? First of all. Now, when you see the word therefore, when you see the word therefore, y'all heard me say this 150 times. You got to go back and read before it to find what is therefore, right? So he's connecting, he, verse one is connecting with, with some verses before that, right? So let's go back to verse 18. He says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war, say that with me, that thou mightest war a good what? Warfare. You're in a fight, Timothy. You're in a battle. Timothy is discouraged. He wants to quit. He wants to give up. It's just gotten too difficult. And Paul is reminding him, son, you're not on a playground. The moment you got, listen, in Bondo Church last night, we were, we were, we were learning and, and, and studying, uh, put on the whole armor of God, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand that there are wiles of the devil 
wiles, trickery, strategies. The devil has got a plan to destroy your life. He doesn't just want to destroy your life. He has got a strategy and a plan to make it happen. Are y'all with me? When you get saved, the moment you get saved, you became an enemy. The moment you got saved, there's an adversary now that wants to destroy you and wants to take you out. And Paul is telling Timothy, son, you're a soldier now. You're a soldier now. You are in a fight for your life. You're in a fight for your, your, your people. You're in a fight for the culture and the country. You're in a fight for getting the gospel to those who don't have it. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And therefore, you need to be praying. Are y'all with me? Therefore, first of all. That means first in priority. First in priority. Now let's look at a couple of verses to kind of back that up. All right. Ephesians 6, 18. Ephesians 6, 18. Let's look at this. Read it with me. Praying always. Come on, come on, come on, people. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. First two words. Say it again. All right, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse in your notes. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought ought always to and not faint. All right, watch this. Come on. Come on. One more time. Do you reckon, do you reckon that Paul thinks this is important? I wonder if Jesus thinks it's important. Well, he came, he came in to Jerusalem, into the temple, and they had crowded out the temple, and he ran them out. And he said, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. Are y'all with me? A house of prayer. Well, we need to pray. Prayer doesn't need to be, prayer doesn't need to be uh, a filler I'll, I'll, I'll say this. This is this was something that happened to us. Um, we were planning. We were we were doing uh, uh, Jordan's wedding, and uh, I hope I never have to do that again. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, having flashbacks. Amen. Uh, uh, we were doing the wedding, and 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 most of y'all know that Austin's granddaddy. He's a pastor too. Unbelievable man of God. I'm telling you, unbelievable man of God. Soul winner, just the coolest guy you ever want to meet. And I mean, the most godly, uh, the, the most conservative, uh, the most modest guy. He he told me he said, "Son, I get dressed in the dark. I'm that modest." Amen. And if you just know him, every time you see him, he's got a tie on. I don't care during the day, during the night. It doesn't, he's got a tie on all the time. I, I, every time I've seen him, he's got a tie on. But anyway, he, he's just a great, great guy. And, 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 and so we were, we were, you know, talking about the wedding and doing all this kind of stuff. And, and, and so, so he was leading the part and I was going to walk Jordan out. You know, I mean, that's what I'm supposed to do. I walk Jordan out and come to here and, uh, and, 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 and he's supposed to do his part and then say, who gives the bride away? And I wanted to say, nobody. <laughs> but I didn't. Tammy threatened me. Amen. But anyway, so, so we're trying to figure out, all right, what can we do to make a good transition so he can go down and I can come up, right? 
I mean, that's logical, right? And, and, and so Miss Susan is standing there and, and we're talking, we're, and Susan, well, I tell you what, we'll just get somebody to pray kind of like a filler and y'all can switch. Oh, oh, my soul. I'm just glad I wasn't the one that said it. I was thinking the same thing, but she said it first and I'm glad she did because he, ooh, he said, Susie. Praying to God is not a filler. Boy, I'm telling you, I got God bumps on me right now. How often do we take our prayer, even if it's just the blessing over the food? We're talking to God. Wow. I'm, I'm telling you, it was like, whew. and that's, that's what Paul is saying. This is important. This is a big deal. Much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power. I guarantee you we can all, everybody in this room, we can trace our blessings. We can trace our successes or our failures according to our prayer life. First of all, Paul is wanting you to see the seriousness of our prayer, right? Amen. Now let's look at the scope of our prayer. Who are we to pray for? Who are we to pray for? All right. Now, he kind of gives you a generic answer. He kind of gives you a generic answer. And then he, then he follows it up being more specific. Okay. Now look what he says in verse 2. Or, no, back, back to verse 1. Back to verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Now we're going to look at the scope of our prayer. What is our prayer to be uh, aimed at? Be made for. Say it again. All men. All men. Then he said, then he gets real specific. He says for kings and for all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For kings and all that are in authority. Now let's, let's look at that a minute. Especially right now. Especially, especially right now. Uh, I think some of our patriot Christians have forgotten that there's some chapters in the Bible. That address how we're supposed to treat those who are in authority over us. And, 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 and before we get all sideways, cause I mean, we, we, we got, we've got both in here. I mean, maybe some more than some and others, but there, there's both sides of the political spectrum. Uh, those that love, love our president and those that hate our president and, and those that love our president. Yeah. Well, they're going to pray for him. Those that hate him, uh, they probably didn't pray for him, but you got to remember guys, those that love the one we got now, you hated the one we used to have. And so this applies to all of us. And, and it don't matter whether there's an R or a D in front of the president's name or the governor's or the mayor's. Are y'all with me? Because here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. At the writing of this, do you know who was in authority at that time? Nero. One of the worst, wickedest Caesar there was. Matter of fact, the one that killed him. The Caesar that killed Peter and Paul was the one in charge and the one in authority. 
And you know what Paul is saying here? We need to pray for them. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, it's going to get good. Put your seatbelt on. Watch this right here. Why do we need to pray for them? Why do we need to pray for them? We're going to say what we're going to pray for. But why do we need to pray for them? Look, look what it, write this down. We need to pray for them because of their placement. Write that down. Because of their placement. So what do you mean? Basically this. We need to pray for them because of who put them there. I know who put them there. Them scoundrels that didn't vote. No, no. Let's, let's read. Let's see what the Bible says. Romans 13, 1 and 2. Y'all still with me? Y'all ain't, y'all ain't. All right, all right. Just making sure, making sure. Now, I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. I didn't, I didn't write it. I'm just reading it, okay? So if you got a problem with what it says, you're going to have to take it up with a higher power than me. Okay? Romans 13, 1. Let. How many of them? Now, who's the every in here? All of us, right? Okay. Let every soul be subject. Subject means to submit. You with me? Submit under the who? Higher powers. Those are in authority over us. For there is no power but of God. Let me say that again. There is no power but of God. The powers that be are. Ooh. That means if they are in office, he allowed it. He put them there. Now, trust me, I have my likes and my dislikes and I, I, I want to rant like everybody else. And, and it's just driving me insane that I can't. But when we read this, we got to say, whoa, wait a minute. Now, watch, it gets it gets tighter. It gets tighter. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Remember, I didn't write this. Now look at 1 Peter 2.13. Submit yourselves to every what? Ordinance. I had somebody say this. I had somebody say this. They don't like this mask. I don't really like it either. I mean, I, I, I don't at all. at zero whatsoever. But they said, well, well, it's not a law. It's not a law. In the, in, in, the, in the paper, it's an ordinance or an order. I looked up the word ordinance. An order or an ordinance is a rule made by authority. That's what Webster's Dictionary said an ordinance was. A rule made by authority. And that's what that mask is. That's what it is, right? Okay, let's keep reading. 1 Peter 2.13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. You see that? For the Lord's sake. Whether it be to the the king as, uh uh-oh, watch this, or unto who? Uh Uh-oh, the governor. As unto them that are sent by him, talking about by God, sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the 
will of God. That with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Wow. So here's, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to do. We need to, we need to quit fussing and fighting. And quit whining and complaining. And start praying. Start praying. If, if we're going to be biblical... If we're going to behave like we should behave in the house of God, then we need to get down on our knees and pray like crazy for our leaders. I'll be honest with you. I'm going I'm 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 to share and vent just a minute. Okay? How many of y'all love me? I should have asked that before we started. I feel sorry for them because we've gotten responses. Well, if y'all not going to wear a mask, I'm not coming. And then we've got responses. Well, if you're going to make us wear a mask, we're not coming. Listen, when I was in Bible college, we didn't have a pandemic chapter. None of the professors ever went through one. Are y'all with me? We're kind of playing this by ear. We're doing the best we can. We're trying to do what we know is right. And I imagine those governors are doing the best they can. Now, I know, I know, I'm not foolish enough to know that there's not an agenda in certain political realms and all of that. But I'm telling you, There are people in leadership in America right now that are doing the best they can, all that they know to do. And I know everybody knows how you would do it. Everybody knows how you would do it sitting on the couch. Well, I tell you what, if it was me, but it ain't you. If you want it to be you, run and get elected. If you want to pastor a church, there's there's dozens of them without pastors in Coleman County. Be my guest. I don't like it. Well, pray for me. Pray for me. How about that? Pray for me. I don't like the governor. Mamma, Momo. What's her name? Ivy. I don't like her. Well, let me ask you a question. How many times have you prayed for her? I mean, seriously, let's be honest. I don't like what you're doing at the church. No problem. Talk to the one who controls me. Let me give you a verse. The heart of the king, the heart of the king, the king represents authority. The one who is in leadership, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he goes. Now, what does that mean? If you want me to turn or the governor to turn or the president to turn, then talk to God. He'll do it. Paul said, pray for him. First of all, before I go any further, you need to be praying for your leadership. You need to be praying for those in authority. And before you say, but they're no good. Nero was terrible. Paul is literally telling them to pray for the one who's going to take his head off. 
Y'all with me? Why? Why should I pray for them? What's the purpose he gives? Look at the next verse. Look at the next part. Look what it says in verse number, verse number uh, two, verse number two. For kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and what? Your life. A quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and now look at your verse. Look at your verse. This was the most amazing thing I found today. This was unbelievable. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. This is hard for Americans to swallow. And I get that. I understand that. Because our whole life, man, we've been, where most people, most people in America, you've been surrounded by the flag and, 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 and Lee Greenwood. Say amen. And, and God and country rallies and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and so we have this, this sense of being spoiled when it comes to our freedom. There are, there, there are people laughing at us. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about because of who's in the White House. I'm talking about Christians who have to crawl in the middle of the night at one o'clock in the morning to hide in a basement somewhere to have fellowship. And we're whining over a mask. We've been so spoiled with getting what we want and, you know, Burger King, have it your way that we think that just goes across the board for everything. So we just pitch a fit about any little thing. But watch, watch this, watch this. Jeremiah 29. When I saw this, I was like, wow. All right. Jeremiah is the prophet speaking to the crowd who was just put into slavery and bondage. How many of y'all know that God allowed the nation of Israel to be conquered and taken captive into Babylon? So in other words, they lost their. They lost their freedom. They're slaves now. And God did it. God did it. And so Jeremiah is telling, now that you're slaves, because of your foolishness, your disobedience, your rebellion, he said, this is what God has to say. Now, does everybody understand the context now? They're in the slavery. They've lost their freedom. God God has judged them, punished them. Because of their rebellion and their sin. Now watch. Watch what the prophet says. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Unto all that are carried away, what? Captives. Captives, Whom I have caused to be, whom I have called. God did it. Right? Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem into Babylon. Build ye houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be increased there and not diminished. Before I read verse 7, basically what he's saying, you better get used to this. You're going to be here a while. Just, just go ahead and start living your life. Now watch this last verse. This is amazing. Watch this last verse. And seek the what peace. peace of the peace. city, whether I have caused you to be carried away 
Say what? You know what he's saying? I want you to pray for the peace, the prosperity of the ones you're a slave to now. In other words, those who are in authority. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for the city who you're captive to right now. Who's saying that? God's saying that. Right? Now watch. Seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captives. And come on and pray unto the Lord for it. Watch this. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. First Timothy 2. What we just read. We need to pray for kings and for all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life to all godliness and honesty. Preacher, why do you wear that mask you hate? Because I want to be a good example. And I want to try to be at peace. I, want, I don't want to lose my testimony. Because I believe the Bible. What have they told you to? Abort a baby. Well, that's, that's come on. That's a sin. What have they told you to deny Christ? Once again, that's a sin. Wearing a mask is not a sin. Do I like it? No, not at all, whatsoever. Do I think it's going to work? My opinion. But my authority made an ordinance. So what do I need to do if I don't like it? Put it on and get on my knees and pray for her. Amen. You ain't got to like it. It's the Bible. And make sure when you send your email to me. (laughs) That you have your Bible verses and your name. Okay. Because if you don't have a Bible verse, don't even come at me. All right. All right. Amen. I'm going to get them and I'm going to get Bible verses that are so far out of context. It's ridiculous, but that's okay. Look at the subject of our prayer. Look at the subject of our prayer. What are we, what are we to pray for these people in authority? I think, I think the context is clear. The Bible says in verse one, it says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made. What? Say it again. All men. Look at verse four. Look at verse four. Who will have who all men to be saved. Now look at verse six who gave himself a ransom for all. When you put one, four and six together, I don't think there's any question that we are to be praying for their salvation. Praying for their salvation. Listen. If there's anything, if there's anything that the church needs, it's godly people in high places. Yeah. 
Now, I'm not, I'm not of the persuasion that a lot of people are. Christians have no business in politics. Baloney. Baloney. We need some, we need some godly politicians. We need some that know Jesus. According to Paul, hey, Paul witnessed in chains and saw Caesar's household, people in Caesar's household saved. What do you think Nero thought about that? We are to pray earnestly for their salvation. The more, listen, the more that gets saved, the more we will be able to live in a peaceable situation. Paul is not just saying this. Now, Paul said, uh, my prayer, my, my prayer and heart's desire for Israel is that they might be saved, right? His desire is salvation, but it's twofold. It's not just so they'll be saved. It's so that we can live in in peace. So it will be better for us. Now, how many of y'all have figured out whining ain't never solved anything? It's not. I mean, it really hasn't. Ranting and raving and all that kind of stuff. It's not. It's not. It's not going to solve anything because there's too many differences of opinion. There's too many differences of opinion. This one over here thinks this. This one over here thinks this. Uh, This doctor over here said this. And this doctor over here said that. This one over here proved this one wrong. This one over here proved that one wrong. Somebody sent me some stuff. I said, well, congratulations for for being able to copy and paste. God bless you. I could do the same thing. And say the exact opposite of what you just sent me. So, So none of that, none of that works. But I guarantee you this right here will. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Amen. How many of y'all believe there's power in prayer? How many of y'all would agree and admit, more admit than agree, that the church as a whole in America has really dropped the ball in the area of praying for our, our people. Amen. Amen. I agree. All right. Now, watch this. Y'all ready for this? This is so good. How much time we got? Oh, yeah. Yes, we got it. Right here. Watch this. <clears throat> Number four. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. How many of you, how many of you watch the news and you get frustrated? Tammy don't let me watch it anymore at home. All right. And one of the reasons we get frustrated is because we see something that we can't fix. How about you? If they'd give me just, let me, I'm. and when you, when, you, when you see something that you know you can't fix, how do you feel? Frustrated or helpless? Who said it? Helpless. All right. All right. Joy, joy. Helpless. But do you know we're not helpless? We got some help. Watch this. 
You say, where's our help? In Washington? Oh, Montgomery? Oh. It's the man upstairs. And I'm not using it in the term that most lost people or sinners use it. When they say, oh, I've talked to the man upstairs, that means they don't know who he is. Or they wouldn't use the terminology. I'm using the terminology in 1 Timothy chapter 2. That's the man upstairs I'm talking about. Let's read. Watch this. Watch this. Who will have... Let's go back to verse 3. Let's go back to verse 3. What are we praying for? What are we praying for? All men. Specifically leaders and people in authority. Verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man. Say it with me. The the man Christ Jesus. And there is a there is a reason he emphasized the words the man. He could have said the Lord He could have said the Savior. He could have said the Messiah, the Son of God, but he didn't. He used the man. man. Why? Why? Now, this, the word, I didn't give you the point, did I? The support for our prayers. Write that down quickly and then look at me. We got to hurry. Didn't have as much time as I thought we had. All right. Listen, listen. We have a mediator. We have a mediator. Let's break this verse down. We see the man, right? Look what it says. Look what it says in verse number five. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men. The the man, Christ Jesus. The God man. The man. The one who has hands and feet. The one who has a wound in his side and and wounds in his hands and his feet. The one who was born in a manger. The one who grew up in Bethlehem. The one, are y'all with me? The one who grew up there in Nazareth. The one who confounded the wise in the temple at 12 years old. The one who stepped out on the sea and walked right on the water. The one who was baptized by John Baptist and the Spirit of God descended as a dove and lit upon him. And they heard a voice from heaven say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Somebody say amen. The one who healed the blind, the one who healed the lame. Are y'all with me? All of the God in him, but you see all the humanity in him. He got weary at the well. He got thirsty on the cross. He got physically tired and slept in the boat. He got hungry and asked for some food. And he got, by the way, he asked for that food. He asked for that food after his resurrection in his glorified body. And he ate fish in a honeycomb. Say amen. I'm going somewhere. Just let me enjoy this a minute. That means he was man. He was human. He was all God. But he was. Why is that such a big deal? Why is that so important? Let me give you three things real quick. 
He came to relate to us. He came to relate to us. Now, I don't have the time, but you need to go and study about the kinsman redeemer. Because in the Old Testament, in, the, in, the, in their economy, in order to redeem property or redeem a bride, you had to be kin to the one who it needed to be redeemed from. And you see, the reason that God came and became flesh was to get kin to us. He came and was born in humanity. The incarnation, God became man. Are y'all with me? He came to relate to us. Watch this, watch this. Look at this verse. Look at this verse. The Bible says in Hebrews 17, 18. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. That means his humanity. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor, that means support and bless and help them that are tempted. He became a man so he could know how I feel. He became man so he could relate to me and my suffering. He can relate to me and my struggles. He can relate to me and my pain. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, why is that important? You'll see it. See, but he came. Let's hurry. He came to what? Come on, everybody. He came to. In other words, he was born in a manger, a man, a man, human, human. God became human so he could relate to us. Then he died so he could redeem us. Look what the next verse says. Look what the next verse says. It's right there in your word. It says, who gave himself a what? Ransom for all. Brother Travis, where did he give a ransom at? On the cross. You see, he died to redeem us. You're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but you're redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. Somebody say amen. You see, he came to relate to me and he died so he could redeem me. He paid my ransom. He paid the cost. That's why I'm getting to heaven, not because of anything I've done, but everything he's done. Church, say amen. Why in God's name would anybody stay home and miss this? He came to relate to us. He died to redeem us. Watch this. DJ. He's living to represent us. Oh, yes, it's right, Miss Diane. He's alive. Say it with me. Say it again. He's alive. We talk about his birth and we talk about his death a lot. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the ransom and the sacrifice. But thank God he's at the right hand of the father, alive and well, representing me before God, the father. 
Let me give you a couple, couple verses. That's God saying, that's right. Preach it, son. Preach it. Yes. Yes. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Look, 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 look. Watch this. Romans 8, 34. Romans 8, 34. You remember I said earlier, remember I said earlier that word intercession, intercession. Watch this. Watch this. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession. He is interceding. It is one pleading the cause of another. Say it, man. At the right hand of the father. Amen. Look at Hebrews 7, 25. Wherefore he is able. Say it again. He is. God's able. That's right. He can't. Jesus can't. He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Seeing he ever liveth to do what? Make intercession for them. Are you getting it people? First John chapter two, verse one. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The word advocate means one who pleads the cause of another. The word mediator means one that interposes between parties at variance for the purpose of reconciling them. Preacher, what are you saying? I have a man upstairs who is just like me. He can relate to me. He can feel me. He can understand me. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my my problems. He knows my issues. He knows the things that's going on in my life. And when I don't know what to pray for, he steps up and represents me and intercedes on my behalf. So when you feel like you can't pray for your leaders, when you feel like they're not of the right political persuasion, when you feel like you just don't like them enough to pray for them, don't worry, honey. Just get to praying. You got help upstairs. He's alive to represent every one of us. Man, I don't know about you, but that helps the fire out of me. We got somebody on the inside, y'all. And he's a way better representative than anyway. Right? You know what that means? That means when I pray, the Lord says, the father, he didn't get that all right. This is what he meant. And he gets it right for me. The Bible even goes on to say when you don't even know how to pray. When nothing can be uttered but groanings and you're just so broken and you're just so you don't even know what to say. He's saying it already for you. What a great example. What a what a great example of Jesus and Peter. Peter. You're going to deny me. Son. No, 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 uh-uh, no. I ain't going to deny you. Everybody else might deny you. I ain't going to deny you. No, 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 no. He says, son, your spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. No, and he gets mad. He said, Peter, watch this now. Stay with me. Satan has desired to have thee, that he may sift you as we. But. But I have prayed. That's past tense. 
Brother Allison, what that means is before he ever messes up, Jesus has already prayed that everything would be all right. Some of y'all are just too perfect. You can't appreciate this because you, I can. I've gotten ignorant on God on several occasions. And I'm so glad to know before I fail, he done been praying for me. Father, don't let him get too bloody. Let him learn his lesson this time. He's he's interceding. Now watch this. I got two minutes. Watch this. You remember in the beginning? Remember in the beginning? I exhort thee first of all. I exhort thee first of all. What? Supplications. Right? Prayers. And what? I can't hear you. Watch this. Man, I got a good illustration I can't use because I can't touch y'all. Travis, you and Willie come up here. I ain't going to touch you. Just come up close. Hunter, you come on. Where's your masks? Boy, I tell you what. All right. Stand right there. That's good. Hunter, you'll be the center. No, we're going to let Willie be the center. He's the center. Come on up here. You <laughs> Right there. Right there. Come on over here. Come on over here. Put mine on. Yeah, I, I'm good at this, ain't I? All right, watch. Get over there, center. All right. Paul. Paul is telling the church. To intercede for the sinner, for the leader, for the power and authority. He's saying, go to God on his behalf. Right? right. That's what that means. So he's reaching out to, nah, don't touch. Right here. He's bringing the sinner to God. And get on over there, God. That's good. And Jesus is making it happen. When he intercedes for his leader, watch this now, watch this, it's so important. Jesus is interceding for him. What's the point? The point is this. If you want him to intercede for you, then we need to get to interceding for them. Because this is what it says. For this is the will of God. Do you know when God answers prayers? It says when you ask according to his will. will. Delight thyself in the Lord. That means do what is delightful to him. And according to what's delightful to him is interceding for our leaders. And if we're interceding for our leaders, it says delight thyself in the Lord. And Brother Travis will say he will give thee the desires desires of your heart. 
Well, I desire not to wear this stupid mask. Okay. Let's get to praying. I desire better health. Okay. You want, you want, you want Jesus to intercede for your health? Intercede for what's important to Jesus. So what's important to Jesus? The salvation of all men. You see, what had happened is the church in Ephesus had got sidetracked. They got sidetracked. They had become inward focused. And they had lost their outward vision of winning souls. Why else would he say, the first thing y'all need to do is start praying for people to get saved. Because they had stopped doing that. But do you know what happens when you focus on what's important to God, which is the salvation of souls? What does it say? He said, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to be ministered. I came to minister. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. That is the heart of God, the salvation of sinners. That should be the heart of the church. That should be the primary thrust of the church. Do you know all that the church does, all that the church does, Bible study, uh, feeding the poor, uh, helping in all these kind of things, everything the church does could be done better in heaven except one thing, and that's evangelism. And that's the primary reason that we are here. So, preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. You want peace? You want to live a peaceable life? You want to have a great testimony? Then start praying for the salvation of people in authority over you. Not just for salvation, but anybody in authority. Pray for their well-being. Their, what did he say? What did, he, what did Jeremiah say? Pray for their peace. Pray for their peace. Pray that things go good in their life. Pray that things are easier for them. Pray that they're not under stress. Pray that you, God will give them good direction and wisdom to make decisions and not just complain about the decisions they do make because it's not what you wanted them to do. Pray for their peace. And guess what? You have a man upstairs that's mediating for you. Can we all agree tonight? We need to get to praying. And all God's people say it. Let's give God praise and glory. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Good job, Hunter. Good job. Teach the mother two a little something, all right? All right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Listen, it's getting dark out there. Would you agree? But guess what? Even the dimmest light shines bright in the thick darkness. Amen? Let's shine our light and let's pray. And and guys, I I, I hope y'all don't don't get upset. I don't like nobody mad at me, but I've got to tell you the truth. We've got to knock off all the foolishness. We've got to look like we have peace. Why why would the lost world be attracted to who we are if we're acting just like them? We're salt and light.
Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray for them. If we're, if we're going to be guilty of anything, let's, get, let's be guilty of praying too hard for them. Amen?